If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hello, and welcome back with a guest that is near and dear to my heart, to the pod, to listeners far and wide, Meredith Lynch. How you going, Meredith? Better now that I'm with you. Uh, Same. I know. Like, when you get to podcasts, but, like, it's really just catching up with a pal and you're, like, you know, Mike's there. It's lovely. And people probably don't know this, but we do have a problem, which is that like, if we're going to record together, we have a really hard time getting to actually recording because we have so many little fun things to discuss that we're working on behind the scenes. And I don't know, maybe this is a good opportunity to plug some of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we basically have a whole other podcast that happens every time we record um, before the actual recording starts, which is just... (laughs) us chit-chatting about a variety of life and pop culture topics for like over an hour until we're like okay we should actually get started um but we're here to cover all of that but first we want to tell you guys about our live show we have a live show coming up july 26 in boston you can come hang out with us we're gonna get silly we're gonna get a little unhinged We have a lot of good things planned. I think it's going to have some of the energy of these conversations that we have before we're on the pod, where I did tell a story about a horrible guy that I went to high school with and his wedding photos where he was pretending to stab his wife, who's now his (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife. Yeah, There there are stories that maybe wouldn't make it onto the pod, but I guess they just did, but they're going to make it onto the live show. So it's, it's going to be a little, it's going to be a little stuff that's too hot for the pod. Absolutely. Yeah. For anyone who's on the Patreon, you guys are very familiar with the circle of trust. We have some of those moments where, you know, we, we keep it in the circle and that's going to carry over to the live show. Basically, once we know we're just amongst friends, um, we, we like to get a little loose. So that's what we're going to be doing at the live show. It's going to be, it's just, it's going to be a blast. You know, it, it's really nice to connect with people from behind a screen, but we're like, we're hankering. We're like, we want to do it live. We want to like, we want to giggle together. I can't wait to meet folks. I'm so effing excited. Like I keep messaging people who I know follow me that live in Boston. I'm like, are you coming to my live show? <laughs> <laughs> you're like cool see you there like no i mean same I'm, I'll be there. I'm, look that's that's how we roll i am very open about my unrelenting thirst um and that carries over you know to all of my things that i like to promote so maybe we'll see oh. you there and if not that's okay too we're gonna record it oh yeah oh that's true yeah, yeah we're gonna be recording so it be, yeah 
It'll be on the page, our Patreons, our respective Patreons. Yes, it will. Another Um, another reason to subscribe. All right. Let's get into it. And speaking of Patreon, so yeah, usually that's where I do weekly hot topics. I know you cover those as well on yours. That's what we're going to be getting into today. And first, I want to check in with a situation where... (laughs) It's so wild that this has unfolded. So the last time we recorded, we did an emergency episode on Colleen Ballinger. And it it wasn't that long ago. But who would have known that like when we were like, this is this is an emergency. We have to talk about this. That was pre-ukulele, pre like pre blackface. It was nothing. It was nothing. Well, it it was it, I mean it, it was, was something, but it was it did it was not like this. When we recorded, it was there were a lot of rumblings I would say but I don't think that it was like the biggest thing it wasn't I mean you know now I've been watching it's on the news now so when we had this conversation we were like this is very strange I feel like were we ahead of our time probably not but you know yes we we were 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 pioneers we're yeah we were the first and only ones covering this situation no that's 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 a bit of a stretch in in my delusional mind yes but like but no but we we treated it with urgency and this was before we ever knew that we'd be getting a 10 minute apology song like we 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 weren't familiar yet with the toxic gossip train (laughs) we were pioneers of the toxic gossip train (laughs) um and also like not just okay but not just that so in that time We've seen videos resurfacing where it's questionable blackface from Colleen. We've seen um, accusations of racism on set of her show Haters Back Off. We've had Trisha Paytas being the voice of reason um, and calmly renouncing her and calling the situation painful and embarrassing. Didn't see that coming. And literally as we sat down to record this, new news started to roll in. So Meredith, do you want to give us the update on that? Yeah, I mean, this is down to the minute. I feel like I am the Walter Cronkite of the podcast right now because since I woke up here on the West Coast, we have found out that Colleen did monetize Toxic Gossip Train. She has copywritten it, which is something that a lot of people, when they saw the video and they saw that it was 10 minutes, they thought, well, this is interesting because this is something that would allow her to monetize off of it. And all of her stands who, believe me, they're still out there. They're in my comments. They were like, how can you say this? This is not possible. She didn't monetize off of it. And people were just sort of speculating, you know, well, I think she might. And sure enough, she has copywritten Toxic Gossip Train. Yeah, who would have known that someone who was accused of having uh, bad boundaries and judgment and profiting off of the suffering of others would monetize her little her little bop for us? Like at this point, it's like I'm I'm ready to put this podcast out, and then we get like a follow up song, you know, giving an update from her. Like anything <laughs> anything could happen at this point because the apology was worse uh, than any of us could have imagined, and now. So you said that you're getting your phones blowing up like five minutes before we hit record with uh, potentially her suing H3. Yes. And I want to talk about that because I will say this, and this is not in defense of Colleen at all, which by the way, her monetizing off of it, I think is so not surprising because she is someone who has consistently monetized off of YouTube. Like people are like, I I would never believe that she would do that. It's just, it completely makes sense. It's how she's made her money. Like if somebody said, you know, I think she's going to go to the moon, I would say, "Mm, that doesn't seem like something that she normally does. But like, this is very on brand for what she does. I'm not defending it, but it's like, it makes sense that that's what she would do. So yeah, well, with YouTubers, I think it's fair to assume that they're going to do clickbaity things and, you know, unless otherwise specified like that's just kind of the name of the game and i almost i'm not defending it no 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 no, of course not and and i don't think anyone thinks that but also if i were her i know that like the paychecks are drying up like she's about to lose every last sponsor so she's like hey you know she knows everyone's gonna be tuning in to the song of the summer um and like 
from a purely a business standpoint, it, it makes sense that she would cash that last check. Of course, of course. And so yesterday, H3, which is Ethan Klein's podcast. And now remember, <laughs> there is a funny family tree here because Ethan is the brother-in-law of Trisha Paytas, although they are estranged. Yeah. So we'll get, we should talk about that for a minute though. Do you think that this will reunite Ethan and Trisha? Um, no. And I just, and I only say that because from what he said about this, it's less Trisha and it's more the brother, like it's more the brother-in-law. So Moses. when he was last asked about it publicly, he said not a reconciliation is not going to happen in this lifetime, but he said, I would quicker reconcile with Trisha than with Moses, which is, it makes me sad and kind of scared to know what that's about. And obviously it leads to wild speculation. Usually in this situation, I would wonder if, if it was him stoking the fires, but it really is something that he's asked about, I'm sure every day and just wanted to put it, put it to rest, um, which I get. Uh, So yeah, I, I would love it, but I'm not holding out hope. Fair enough. And I also think, you know, we have to remember that Moses is Hila's brother. That's Ethan's wife's brother. So that is, you know, sibling relationships and family relationships are really complicated in many ways. So this could have more to do with actually the relationship of the two siblings than even, you know, Ethan and Moses. Well, and, uh, yeah, so there's something to do with Moses and either Hila, Hila like, it, there's something that occurred or has, is ongoing, whatever, about Moses that we don't know, so it's a piece of the puzzle, so I'm just putting that on hold. And to me, I don't know what the temperature read is on Ethan in the general population. To me, like, I, he's like Jewish zaddy, I... <laughs> I I always have a little I love Ethan I love him like I think he's like and I just think he's a man of ethics so when he makes that statement he knows it's a very bold thing to say and I just I don't think he says it lightly too so I'm pretty sure it's something very serious and I guess I have to leave it at that yeah and I mean I do think that he and Moses were close for a period of time and and so so yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. But anyway, what's what's happening now is yesterday, H3, Ethan's podcast, came back from a 4th of July break, I think, which actually that is another piece of this that has come into play is that people said that the reason Colleen put out the Toxic Gossip Train video when she did was because she knew H3 was on this little summer vacation that they take. And Ethan has been one of her, you know, biggest critics. And I think the thing about him is he's, he's really savvy and he's got a great team when it comes to this stuff. So he knows the way to call her out that will be effective and he's got a huge platform. So did it, did she, did she strategically put this out there when she knew that it would take a while for Ethan to respond? Yeah. Well, I mean, whether that was her thought process or not, it was a full Barbra Streisand effect type of thing because she just she basically poured gasoline over the whole thing with her little with her little ditty. And it doesn't matter what podcast is on a summer break. It wouldn't have mattered if like CNN is on a summer break because then, you know, MSNBC is going to be covering it like it is a full on mainstream story now. And we we speculated when we did our episode about what's going to happen with her and I said I don't think she's ever coming back career-wise but since then now I, I've heard you talk about and I, I stand by this that there might be legal repercussions for her yes like like maybe jail time or so I have been looking into that allegedly a more allegedly, allegedly potentially allegedly and it really depends on what I think would be found in discovery That's what I'm figuring out because, you know, we've been told that she sent these photos of Trisha Paytas to underage fans and we don't, you know, we don't know if that's true yet. You know, we've had one person come forward and say, Hey, these are the text messages I got. I believe he would have been 21, 22 at the time. Okay. We have another person who would have been, I believe 15 
and yeah, he's saying I Adam McIntyre, who got I think he got them when he was seventeen. But either way, he was a minor, and he has claimed that he got photos sent of Trish's OnlyFans. So we'll see. Here's that is a federal really crime. Yeah. In the state of California, what I have found, and like, you know, people check me if I'm wrong. We'll double check on this too. It appears that at the age of 16. So if an adult sends a, a inappropriate photo to someone who is under 16 and under. So, but the thing is, here's the thing. I'm just cringing at the other laws that are being implemented. And you can literally, you can send porn to like a 16 year old. It's just. Right. America. So so don't you want to come here? Um, But I do. I do. (laughs) But not for that reason. (laughs) But you know, at the same time, we don't know who else was in that group chat, right? Like there's this whole group chat and there could be other people in it who haven't come forward yet. So it's, it's just going to be a matter of time. But at the same time, there could be civil suits. That's, you know. Yeah. From yeah. back to H3 with yesterday, they recorded with the whole group of people who were in some of these Colleen group chats who were fans of hers, who kind of became part of her inner circle. And then, you know, according allegedly, and you know, I'm someone who I stand with victims. I believe victims, you know, they, she did these things and abused their relationships and sent inappropriate photos, etc. They were on H3 yesterday and Ethan played toxic gossip train. And, he got a copyright strike because it turns out that toxic gossip train is now copywritten and is being monetized. And so from what I can tell, the way that that works is Ethan is now having to share the profits of that video with Colleen. So it's just kind of ironic because one of the things that a lot of the Colleen defenders and, you know, she said is it's like people, you know, monetizing off of this and, you know, making the name for themselves over this. And it's like, okay, well now you're monetizing off of this and you're also monetizing off the pain of your victims, because here is a video where they're coming forward and speaking out and you want to cost share that. So you're monetizing off of their stories as well. Yeah, she's truly showing us the way to girl boss your way through being accused of grooming minors. <laughs> and so this like... morning when I and it's when I woke up, I started seeing these things and Ethan has confirmed this in a tweet. I'm just pulling it up now. He has confirmed that he is having to cost share with her. Some people have been reaching out and saying that Colleen is suing Ethan. I have not been able to see that. And I just, I want to just caution people is like, you know, Ethan is pretty good about being transparent with this stuff. So if he comes out and says, Colleen is suing me, I will believe that. But in the meantime, I don't know that she actually is. So let's be careful because we don't want to jump to too yeah. much of a conclusion. I will say I do enjoy this tweet. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted this morning, you are free to be your true self here. And Ethan tweeted back, K. <laughs> Ethan. I, I love, I love him so much. I just, I just watched a clip of him bringing someone onto his pod to fully casually call him out for faking Tourette's and like breaking that story like I just love how he comes on his little hoodie and he's so lean back and relaxed and he talks about he'll go so effortlessly from like talking about the entropy of life to then like the the news story of the day to like we stand we stand and do you think he is like the the Howard Stern of this generation um I I really hate Howard Stern and I (laughs) hate well you can hate you can hate him, but like platform wise and not like in a, just in a, what he's doing for the medium. Um, yeah. He's a skilled interviewer. Yeah. He, yeah. Actually. I, and I would stand by that. I think 
okay, I think that why I stand so much is because you and I are kind of like preaching to the choir. You know, we really have attracted like a like-minded audience of people that generally, it's not like we're creating these huge revelations about being ethical or being like aware of social issues. But for him, he's talked about how he started off with a very kind of like bro friendly content I want to say and then realized that he had this sort of like reddit kind of incel adjacent community that he was building and then just decided like basically had a a dark night of the soul was like what am I doing and now brings brings these people on in order to call them out and I'm like men who are so far gone um down like that path like they I feel like they need a man a fellow man to teach them like they're gonna hear us and it's just gonna sound like yeah it just yap, sounds yap, like chatter yap. it just sounds like women yeah being like i i say i think we need to credit gila yeah she's incredible like b- both them together they're they're really powerful but i just when i see a man like that who is this like cis straight man who knows how to speak reddit talk who knows how to speak to the bros of the internet and then is turning everything on its head, but not in like a way that they could be like, oh, this is the woke mob getting their pitchforks out. But we'll see. I'll, we'll keep you guys posted on like what unfolds with Colleen because I'm sure, well, I'm sure she's so happy about this Jonah Hill controversy because it's just, <laughs> it's like taking some of the heat off of her, but we're not, we're not done with her yet. But anyhow, no, I, I was saying the same thing about the Shein influencers last week. I was like, the Shein influencers are just, they are thanking the toxic gossip train every morning that they wake up. But I will say this, I agree with you. Like she's got to cash her last check, but I think people are forgetting how wealthy she is. So she owned a house in Encino, which is like people, it's the Valley and people always are like, oh, the Valley. But in LA, you need to understand that like, that's actually where a lot of the wealthiest people live is in the Valley. Encino is where like a lot of the real housewives live because you get a little more land, a little more bang for your buck, but it's very expensive. She has had a million dollar, $3 million house there, right? And she bought a $6 million house at the same time and for a while had both properties and then recently sold the $3 million home. That woman is really effing rich. Okay, so while I agree with you, and this is substantiated by the fact that um, I just, I watched a clip of uh trisha paytas oh yeah it was on julia fox's podcast she was talking about how in the height of her youtube days she was making 500k a month off of monetization and brand deals so insane money she's like i was spending it all (laughs) and she's like it took the pandemic for me to not spend and moses being like hey we need to buy a house she's like then i bought a house but then i went back to spending but like so youtubers especially from that era like 20 10 to 2016 were cashing in insane checks that said i think about this all the time even in relation to like the kardashians if they stopped working now you'd think okay they'd be set for life but they're not like us i think if you're used to making millions a year and you've been used to that since you were younger i think it's pretty easier than we imagine to just blow through that and we don't know like we don't know that the house is paid off we don't know what cars they've leased or like they have three kids what their habits are because it's like easy come easy go totally agree and that's why i think that i don't know that she'll ever have the the money that she could have had if she had continued this sort of i'm gonna call it niche mainstream success i don't think it was mainstream success no well, she was never an A-lister, um, but she was hanging out with Jerry Seinfeld, like doing the late night show right. circuit, Nef- two Netflix shows, like, or two seasons of a show. So she was doing well, but I'm I'm so fascinated by wealth and I wish, I know, I understand why it's taboo so people don't talk about numbers, but I wish celebs would talk numbers. Like, here, here's an Excel sheet of my monthly, like, household expenses and here's what's coming in because I think we'd be surprised at how many are not saving? Well, that's funny if you say that because that's what happened to, I, I love her, 
poor Sydney Sweeney came out and was like, I don't make as much money as you guys think I do. And people were yes. like, they tore her apart. And what she was actually attempting to do was explain how the pay structure has changed so much. And, you know, you don't make that much off residuals. You don't make that much of being a series regular every, and now cut to now where we have the writer's strike and people are really having these conversations. I'm like, can someone please go apologize to my queen, Sydney Sweeney, who said that to you guys? And everyone was like, you live in a $2 million house. Yeah, she is well. Like she does, she is well off, but she was like, I can't not work. I have to keep working. Otherwise I can't do any of this. I'm not left with that much. I don't make that much on euphoria. Yeah. Every red carpet, you're paying a team of people. You're paying, uh, you're paying to be there. And uh, I don't know if anyone here is watching, any of the listeners are watching and just like that, but in the current season, Che Diaz has one sitcom and now has a huge, beautiful home in both LA and New York, uh, but so shocking, but that's actually not realistic, <laughs> even, even as a big star. Well, it's funny because I feel like the joke is kind of on us now with with Sex and the City and, and just like that. Like, you know, people would always say, like, there's no way that Carrie as a journalist would be able to film that, like, afford that apartment. That's like some old joke that people would talk about. Well, now they've done that to us with Che Diaz. They're like, there's no way that a series regular would be able <laughs> to afford two homes. And also, two beautiful not, homes. like, Che Diaz is so... Like, I love the fact that, like, also, I think they're intentionally making Che Diaz not funny. <laughs> I think so, too. All Yes, not funny. And I don't know if the whole them becoming kind of a monster is intentional. This is for if if anyone wants to hear me recap, I just uh, I, I did Emily Hanks podcast. Uh, she speaks it all where we talk about basically how Che we're finding out is fully toxic and that those might sound like see th this is this is this is a sidebar but the show has put us in a really tough spot because we absolutely need more non-binary and like all kinds of representation on tv what we don't need is for the very little representation for them to also be the worst <laughs> the worst person who might not understand consent or humor yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that show, you know, and then he had like personal things that happened, but like transparent. I remember watching that show and being like the worst person on this show is the main character who is a trans woman, which also like Jeffrey Tambor had his own, you know, complications, but like even the way that they were writing her character, I was like, she's the freaking worst. Yeah, I know. This is what... This is what happens when we let out of touch <laughs> the People out of touch the wealthy room. older generation. Yeah, I want to say boomers, I, but I don't want to be so, I don't know, hating on everyone in an age bracket because there's many great ones and there's many, even I listen to this pod that I get to hear from that are lovely, but the ones who have been so wealthy and removed from society for so long that they're like, yes, like. I, I've also been listening to the writer's room podcast about the show and they're like, we are killing it. So they're, it's all just them sitting around and congratulating themselves. It's it, incredible. <laughs> well, I'll give them this. You got a good, you got a good line in about Bethany. That's all I'm going to say. Did you feel like that part of that came from her controversy with you? Because I felt like you influenced that line. I'm fully serious right now. I maybe, don't think. Go ahead. I I, I don't want to. Okay. It's maybe putting you in a tough spot because like, you know, I know that like we don't want to hype ourselves up in this way of like, yes, this is all me. But I was like, I felt like without the whole Meredith Lynch gate, uh, without the whole cease and desist gate, I don't know if that line would have made it in. There's no way of knowing. But I felt that. I will say I do think that writers and comedians watch TikTok and I think they do pull from it big time. Yeah. I am uh, humble enough. I don't know if humble is the right word. I am, I am both delusional enough that I can believe that it was perhaps influenced. And I'm also insecure enough that I can believe that it wasn't. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I like to think of it as like, which is going to kick in today? My God complex or my inferiority complex? Which and I think I have a healthy dose of both. But I will say this, like, does Bethany haunt my dreams? You betcha. You betcha. I have nightmares about her sometimes. Uh, because she is scary to me. You know, she did do something that was scary to my security and my, you know, even though people would be like your security, like, no, I didn't feel physically like threatened or anything, but just like my financial security, which is scary. And I will say that that line maybe brought me a little bit of peace because I was like, oh, she's a punchline now. She really is. She has, she has made herself into a punchline And all I have to say is if you're so successful and so rich and, you know, all of this stuff, why are you making a like bootleg reality show that you're filming in your kitchen with like jokes from 2007 flipping out? We're we're watching That's all the I ship. Have to say. We're we're watching the ship go down. I'll say I saw that line. I was like, look at my girl Meredith. Like, look, look at what look at how we're stirring the pot. She's out there. She you haunt her dreams, perhaps. You know what? Even though she probably would say, like, I that girl owes me a fruit basket. She wouldn't have any of the things she has in her life if it wasn't for me. To which I would say. Well, I can see how you could say that. I really, I really could. Um, but I was already like, you know, making some progress on the apps or whatever, but definitely the whole thing like kicked it up a notch. No, but who knows how many of these letters she sent out that we're not aware of because they just took it and backed down and deleted everything. You took it and said, not today, Bethany. We actually are mentioning it all, but that's, but back you know. to think it's a little bit of like similar to Colleen there are people who then when things like this happen they lean in even harder to the person because they feel they have to defend them even more from their behavior and I'm not saying that Bethany and Colleen's behavior is the same at all but what I am saying is I think that Colleen will develop an even intenser but smaller fan base, which I think Bethany has done as well. Because there are people who, like, after that went down, they were like, oh, I used to love her on Housewives. Now I kind of see behind the, like, smoke and mirrors. And then there are people who literally, like, send me DMs and they're like, you little POS, you dared to talk about Bethany, who's an amazing woman. You're like, Jesus Christ, she would not spit on you if your body was on fire yeah i mean well it makes it checks out because if galaine maxwell can have fangirls like you know jessica house and habit on instagram um admiring her beautiful haircut and her many languages that she emt certification she can control a submarine like which so yeah that that this is a this is yeah if if galaine maxwell can have fans so can Bethany, so can Colleen. Um, if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the handle House in Habit. She has 1.2 million followers. That's why she sets me off so much is because she is not a celebrity enough, I feel like, to get really called out publicly, but she has a pretty fervent fan base. Um, and she puts herself out there under the guise of being this pop culture, like, I'll just say what everyone's afraid to say kind of person, but then is out there like basically Ghislaine is the only woman she seems to be uplifting and everyone else she's like she's like look at this fucking bitch trying to call out army hammer in insanity yeah I I'm I'm scared of her I'm scared of her too and also and the first time I started talking about her I had a lot of people being like oh I had no idea and it's like I was following her too she started off pretty normal and pretty innocuous and I think has either gone off the rails gone down like the QAnon rabbit hole or she's just now more open about it I don't know but it's definitely evolved over the last couple years um so it's just something to look into if you're still giving her a little follow and support I think one of the things that like really gave me a lot of pause about her happened a couple of months ago. I mean, I already was like, listen, I'm not a house at all, but I saw her put up this thing about like, you know, people were coming after her for something. And she was like, well, I have an army. 
And it was just sort of this moment for me that I was like, oh, so like, this is the intention. The intention is to assemble people who will go so hard for you. And that's kind of scary to me. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. And that's, well, but that's how she rolls. Like, um, I had someone... I had a few people call me misogynistic for calling out specifically her as this. I, I called her a QAnon mommy warrior. And they were like, it's misogynistic to be calling out the the mom part of it. Like, it's like putting a, like trying to basically use the fact that she's a mom as a weapon. And I'm like, no, I use that specifically in the full context of that. The whole world of conspiracy theories in the US is now like largely populated, like a big segment of it are these kind of right-wing moms who use family values and protecting the children as this cover for spreading all kinds of insane misinformation. So I'm like, that is, that is dangerous. That is, I, yeah. I, I mean that as part of why she is a danger. Well, and it's funny you say that because it brings me to another mom that we thought we might talk about today. And that's Kate Gosselin. My God, Kate Gosselin. Kate Gosselin's worst nightmare is coming true. In my mind, this is her worst nightmare, which is one of her kids speaking out in the most calm, rational, sensical way, basically saying Kate Gosselin really mistreated him, but the door is still open to reconcile. Like, just just laying it all out there in a way that's way too normal. Yeah, way too normal and way too, like, has done a lot of therapy potentially or is just extremely mature. The most mature 19-year-old I've ever heard from. Um, let's, yeah, let's get into it. So Colin And I Gosselin, only say that because someone texted me, I don't know, maybe a few months ago and they were like, hey, do you think that Kate Gosselin's anti-vax? And I was like, eh, I don't know. She is working as a nurse. So there are some times, like, you know, that you have to get vaccinated and you have to have some oh, vaccines. So. I feel like there's so many nurses I saw during the pandemic getting called out for being like, I'll never. Oh, yeah, there's tons. There's tons. I'm just saying I also think like there are some who are pro-vaccine. The the mean bully in high school to nurse pipeline is so real. Like there's there's many um, (laughs) non-bully right bully anti-vax nurses, but there are many who there are many who are. Uh, But I got to give her credit, though, because like she she was on John and K plus eight. That is what, that is what fed her and her family for so long. And then when that officially dried up, she was like, all right, I'm going to go back to nursing. That's, I got to give that credit. Yeah. I mean, for what you can say about her, she did have a lot of mouths to feed and she has raised a, a large brood of children. So, right. You know, they're all carry on. They're though, all my friend. alive and well. Yeah, no, but, but I mean, that's the one that's the one thing I can say in her favor is she's she has raised her kids. Um, some of them, actually. I can't give that all to her because two of her kids were with John. And the other ones are pretty much estranged from him. Um, and so they're, the the ki- the younger kids are now 19. Um, and Colin Gosselin is now speaking out. He started to a, a little while ago, but he's now um getting more into it so back in 2016 this was before john got sole custody john had revealed that he didn't know where colin was but kate said that he was allegedly at quote a special school for special kids with behavioral problems that's what we were told so kind of i'm imagining like a therapeutic boarding school um and uh, or who knows and Kate had custody of Colin at the time, but she lost custody of him in 2018. John challenged her for the custody. She never showed up to the hearing, um, and he was granted full custody of him. And also Hannah, who I think went over to John by her own choosing. And so now he's speaking out, and like it's so painful and important the way that he's talking about it. Because you can be a victim, and you can it's okay to like lash out. I think people like to attack people who, who do that, who've been victims, but that is also, that's just not the path he's taking. So in this ET interview, he said, 
after he was at the school, he said, I didn't have a relationship with her even before I went, I was sent away. I don't think we had much a relationship. And I think that just kept tearing it down even more. And he said basically that she was going through a lot of things and that he believes that he was the scapegoat. He was just randomly selected as a scapegoat for her anger. He was singled out. He would eat at a different time than the other kids um, and eventually was just fully removed from the family. So let me tell you my theory. Based on... I, I, I say it's based on nothing, but I do think it's based on something. I think that Colin reminded Kate of John. And I think that she, her dislike of John and her need to take her anger out on someone manifested itself in her relationship with Colin. That's, it makes so much sense because we saw, do, do you remember that interview Kate did I think it was on the view with the two older girls yes where she was like speak girls and they were so uncomfortable and it was like it was when people started to be like oh wow so she's really not mom of the year yeah um (laughs) and she's like tell them tell them how well you're doing and they're like shifting in their seats I'm part of me wants the other kids to speak up and then part of me wants them to just not have to be subjected to any more time in the public eye um so i guess it's up to them if if that would be healing for any of them to speak up then i think they should go for it but also 19 you're still a baby you still like i didn't realize all my weird issues with my parents when i was 19 well i'll give him credit that he's like i i would be open to reconciling with her i think that's really lovely and beautiful And I think, you know, I think having eight children is really challenging, especially now. I mean, you know, back in 1950, you could have eight children and, you know, one of you could have a job and live your suburban life and dad. My house for a nickel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But having eight children now and having six at the same time, et cetera is not financially easy. And this is what I will say. I've looked at the two older ones. I've looked at their social media. I've seen them do lives, etc. They seem like, and I don't know, I'm not with them. They seem like they're in a pretty good place. One goes to Syracuse. One goes to like Fordham or NYU or something. I know that the whole deal was that college was basically going to be paid for, I think, for them by the show. All of them, almost all of the money that they were making for the show was set up in a way that they had to use it for college or they would get access to the money at 25. So from that perspective, if that really is what is all true, I think that the Goslins actually did a lot of things right compared to when we look at families who were also on TLC, like the Duggars. My God, I know. I'm actually just thinking, like, I was thinking of the Duggars because the bar is truly in hell that you're saying this. And I'm thinking my first thought was like, Oh my God, that's so amazing that she didn't embezzle all the money. <laughs> like, because there's no laws in place. I think still currently to this day about kids on a reality show. There are for child actors, mm-hmm. but if it's a family and they're kids of that family, there's no, there's nothing saying like they need to be paid for their time. There needs to be money set aside. Nothing. So in that sense, if what I have come across is true, which I really haven't seen anything to the alternative of that, you know, I do think that the Goslins, Kate and John, if you want to put your kids on a reality show, which I feel very conflicted about, um, they made some, some choices that I think gave their kids um, options. And that's great. Yeah. And, and so what, Colin you know went into a little more detail about was he said he was asked about his relationship during his younger years and he said it was worse than what you would say the average teenage kid goes through with their parent but I came to the conclusion that everyone has their own agenda and so my mom had her own agenda and I don't know exactly what that was but I was put in a tough spot and my agenda was to make it out on top of that tough spot and then asked if he would reconcile 
with his mom. He said, it's unfortunate that we didn't have a relationship. I think every son wants to have a relationship with their mom, but I think I'm doing really well. Uh, but if we did reconcile, yes, that would be ideal. What a nightmare well, that's for Kate like, because she right? can't – what can she say to that? Like, it's so reasonable. <laughs> yeah, it's almost worse that he's not making accusations or statements that are, like, wildly outrageous. I mean, these are awful things. Like, he tr- she treated me differently. She sent me to this therapeutic boarding school. I wasn't allowed to eat with my siblings. But one could argue, like, okay – I can totally, or not even argue, but it's like, okay, yeah, I totally believe all these things. Yes. Like, there's no reason to question these claims. No. And it no, sucks because, no. you know, we shouldn't question when when claims are more outrageous just because they don't fit, like, a narrative or something. But I can see no. all this happening. And if you watch the show back in the day, she was tough on those kids. She really was. She was, and we live in a society that requires people to essentially be the perfect victim in order for us to listen to them, which is a, a huge problem. But in this case, that's, I don't, you know, that's, that is really a problem in and of itself. But Colin is being, quote, the perfect victim in this way where he is so, um, he is speaking in a way that anyone can see clearly he was allegedly not treated well, but has made his own peace with it. And, is here to bring awareness to it, but also leave the door open. So Kate, your move. If she Would does you want to see them back on TV. If I guess if they wanted to, because I want my first in- instinct is to say no, but when you've been through that type of abuse, I, I'm going to say alleged abuse, because that's what I think it is that very few people can understand of just being in the public eye Um, and having to have your life like put on display for some of them if they felt it was healing to then do it on their own terms then yes that's exactly how I feel because they're adults now yeah they're young but they are adults now yeah totally um and we on that note we have to take a quick break so we'll be right back with a few more hot topics before we head off how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. All right, so we're back, and the last hot topic we're going to cover is Harry Styles is the latest artist to get accosted at his own show, Uh, He had a fan throw something. We're not sure what. I saw the video. Something clearly hits him in the eye and he kind of stands back and holds his eye. It wasn't as bad as Phoebe Rexa, who had to who was fully taken down, had to get multiple stitches or Ava Max, who got slapped in the face by a fan who ran up on stage or Pink, who had someone throw their mother's ashes up on stage for her. And... I am I'm really asking two questions here. One, what is going on? And two <laughs> That's that's a good question. Are we okay? Are we okay? I think that's yeah, pretty self uh it it answers itself. Um and also, what's more shocking? Harry Styles getting hit in the face 
or the fact that love on tour is still happening because that's how I found that out through this story. <laughs> like, do you think at this point they're like, oh, it's not Harry's house anymore. It's like Harry's condo. Like, look, can we just fucking chill? You know that like he's probably played the same venues multiple times now and like the security guards are like, oh my God, here we go again. <laughs> so, okay. well, I, was, I was just on I have a lot of theories on this. Yeah. Oh, oh, tell me, tell me. Well, I want to hear about your live stream. Well, uh, so I was just on a live stream with some podcast girly yesterday, and we were talking about how Taylor Swift has this multi-year tour uh, planned out, but she's so good at reinventing herself that I'm sure that she's going to have some some twists, some outfit changes, but more than that, like something that she's going to bring to the European or South American leg of her tour to just make it different. Harry, I'm like... I saw him at first in his romper and I was like, yes, King, like go off. Love that for you. And now I'm like, I feel like it's been 20 years and I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> He's had so many girlfriends and like, like long-term relationships during this tour. Okay. I do have this question though. I was thinking about this, like the costumes that they use every night, like how are they cared for? Well, they can uh, maybe there's doubles and triples. I don't know. I'm sure he's worn through a couple. Do you think there are doubles and triples like of Taylor's like purple dress? Do you think there are multiple of that beautiful purple dress? How many do you think there are? I'm gonna say twenty. Completely just throwing out a guess because I feel like Taylor more than anyone is like double triple prepared for any eventuality. Because speaking of. Speaking of people throwing things at artists, she has basically a moat like between her and her audience for the Eras tour. And, and people are like, it's because she's a princess in a castle. And she's like, no, it's because I don't want your fucking dad's ashes on my in my eyeballs. No, she's like, yeah, I've built an iron dome that you guys are going to f- find out about if you try to fuck with me. Like, I <laughs> I feel like she has like a Middle Eastern level like security with like, you know, I'm so fascinated by the technology that I'm sure goes into her security. I'm, I know we will never find out about that because that would give away her secrets. But I bet she she has some some her ways. But anyhow, tell me about her. your live stream. Oh, um, well, <laughs> funny. <laughs> we did. Um, It was with uh, Tori from Ready to Be Petty, Christy from X Knows All, and Shannon from Fluently Forward, and they wanted to do a Speak Now live stream. And I was like, "Girls, I am so bitter. Like, I'm in a personal feud with Taylor at the moment still, and I don't think you really want that energy for this fun little listen." And they were like, "No, no, come on down. Um, very gracious. I, it's, it's kind of, it's revealing my." Mm, multitudes or hypocrisy however you want to look at it like i'm going to her show in august i will be losing my voice from screaming and crying yeah and at the same time like i'm so still just revolted by her whole maddie healy then responding to it by essentially turning ice spice into her accessory creating a little seo moment so that when you google (laughs) ice spice it's like the karma remix coming up like it's just seemed so grossly transparent that it put me off of her for the near future so there's that but I'm forever fascinated however I feel about her at any given moment okay fair enough here's what I think is going on though in regards to people throwing things tell me I think it what's is happening a, Meredith <laughs> it's it's a combination of many things Part of the problem, now I'm going to sound like a boomer. Part of the problem, kids, is social media. (laughs) So part of the problem is that celebrities have this really unique opportunity with social media that I think in a way has given them more freedom. Paparazzi is not as intense as it used to be because fans can get fed things about celebrities via their own social media because I know that like and granted it happens all the time I know that the paparazzi stuff seems like oh my god they caught Kyle uh Richards walking down the street with who's the name of the country singer Morgan oh yeah yeah what's her name yeah okay Uh, fair but not a fair I don't know that's so effing intentional you guys if if kyle richards doesn't want to be caught like with the paparazzi and stuff with her they can just like go to the like hang out at her big ass house okay but here's the deal 
there are still these moments that do get caught by the paparazzi that like, you know, are not intentional or whatever, but there is not as big of a paparazzi culture as there used to be. And some of that is like celebrities are now living in different places because you don't have to live in LA to be super successful now. Right. You can live in Santa Barbara and Montecito uh, if you live in New York, the paparazzi has never been as intense there just because it's harder to follow people <laughs> because right. like, like celebrities can like, you know, go in and out of things more easily. Celebrities take the subway in New York. Like it's just different. Now what celebrities do is they use social media to their advantage of sharing bits and pieces of their lives that they would want to be picked up by paparazzi because of that. And because people see those coming from celebrities quote unquote, organically, right? They think they have more of a relationship with them. We have removed the paparazzi barrier and I see a picture of Harry Styles that he posted and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that Harry Styles posted this Instagram story. I love it so much. And he posted it and it's for me, just like how my friend posts on social media and it's for me. Yeah, it fuels the parasocial relationship. Right. And also creates, like, it creates more of these collective, like, consciousness. It kind of fuels these little trends. Like, I feel like throwing things at an artist is the new Tide Pods, you know, eating Tide Pods or whatever. It's like one idiot thought it'd be funny. So now they're all just launching things. You now have to have Adele with a t-shirt cannon being like, I will fucking kill you if you try to throw anything at me. Direct quote. Well, and it's really so unfair to the performers and to the other people who are up there on stage and to the other people in the crowd. It's, we are living in, not to be like a, but it's a scary world right now. Okay. Especially in, you know, the United States where like, we, you know, scary, it's scary out there. I know. Don't take our guns. Um, and I think that it's not fair to scare people like that. No, because you can check you can check people for weapons going into a show, but what now are you gonna take everyone's phones away? Like someone that's how someone gave BB Rexa stitches from throwing their phone at her. Although someone I will say phone at Drake the other night. Yeah. And 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 like obviously things have been thrown at artists before, but it just seems to be this it's like a game now. It's like a little social media game. Although I will say to me the most egregious one was the mom's ashes because I would feel like I would have a, that would be like a curse put upon me as an artist. Do you see I, if that happened to me, I think I would just be able to categorize it as like, Oh God, it could have been ashes. It could have been a cell phone. Oh no. Like I think she said like, is this your mom? And someone like nodded and it could have been not, it could have been like fake ashes, but I kind of, to me that if there's even a chance that they were real, like, would I would ha- go to like an exorcist or something? I would go to like a spiritual person to consult. Like I would be terrified <laughs> of being well, haunted. But the other thing I think is like, don't you think just even the experience of having these happen is so terrifying? And people were mm-hmm. mad at Kelsey Ballerini last week when she stopped her show for a few minutes because she got hit with a bracelet or something. And it's like, can you imagine how scary it is to be up there in the year of our Lord 2023 and have something hit you? My first reaction would be like, was it a bullet? Yeah, of course. Like, exactly. And that's what I, I heard from people that were at the BB Rexa show and they, they heard they saw something being launched and they heard screaming. And that was that's of course, that's everyone's first thought in America when you hear a loud sound in a crowded place. Like it is, it is really, it is really crazy out there. And so I'm just, I don't know. Hopefully this just fizzles out and people move on to some other weird way to get their energy out. I don't know. And what do you think is going to happen? I think that people think like, I'm going to throw this at, you know, Kelsey Ballerini and then we're going to be friends. Yeah, well, so at the BB Rexa show, someone who was next to the guy who ended up throwing his cell phone at her, he was saying like, you know, I know most of her fans are like, you know, 
gay, the girls and the gays. He's like, I'm actually a straight dude, you know, but she's my girl. And they were like, oh, that's so cool. Like progressive. They didn't realize he was actually a crazy person who was saying like, no, literally she is my girl. Like, that's my girl. <laughs> and Or maybe that was like, I think, yeah, that was like, or sorry, that was the person who slapped Ava Max. That okay. different, different one. The B Rexa guy just said, I thought it'd be funny. We don't have the full uh, diagnoses for, for these folks, but in a world where you know everyone is going through some kind of battle and a lot of them are not managing it very well, I don't know what they're going to do because they brought in like transparent backpacks, like full searches, but you can't take I mean, every you object. You can't, exactly. What, what is, pro- this is what's probably going to happen. Somebody's going to throw something and somebody's going to get really hurt. Because the thing that's been not like quote unquote good so far is that like none of these people have been like, have had like, you know, yes, somebody's had, but like someone's going to get really hurt. And then it's going to be like, oh no, maybe we shouldn't have been doing that. Hey, Hey guys, stop throwing your phones. Like the people who did it will be like, at least I only threw a friendship bracelet. Like, I mean, to me, like I have, I get, I have such fears of the occult that to me, like maybe pink is hurt in the form of like a curse, a generational curse. We don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, like what went on with. <laughs> I heard someone joking about the fact that they, maybe that person wanted her to scatter it as she like flipped, you know, through the. Maybe you should go to a pink concert and you could throw like, I don't know, a, a, a Ouija board at her or something. <laughs> the, the number for a psychic, like just right. like, on stage. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure there's like some pink heads that are really looking out for her. I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm pretty indifferent to her, you know, since the lady marmalade years. Uh, but, but I feel scared for my girls like even Beyonce she's having so much more fun with this tour I haven't been there but I've seen clips of her where she's kind of goofing around and getting more close to people much more than letting her child be up on stage like that is yeah such a gift like how dare you disrespect you do anything to Beyonce I swear to god Actually, one of my favorite hobbies lately has been watching compilations of both blue dancing, people recreating her dances, or putting compilations of people holding up signs for her and her going, <gasps> like, looking- I know. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with her seeing her signs. I'm just, I love her. And I think, you know, to your point, concerts are back in a really cool way too i i think concert culture is bigger than it's ever been i don't know if that's like a post-pandemic thing but like concerts are big in a way that i don't think they have been in a very long time and that's so fun like the eras tour and yes like you know harry's apartment like literally is is never gonna stop it's literally it's like a vegas show now it's like wayne newton in vegas but there's something really cool happening and i also think that same thing is happening at the movies like yeah. movies are back. Like Barbie That's true. is That's, yes. Barbie is like, and I think I actually don't think that that kicked it off. I actually think it was like Top Gun kicked it off last last year. Like mo- the movies are back. The movie experience is back. The concert experience is back. Don't fuck it up. Yeah, we've shaken off some of the pandemic social anxiety, and we're ready to mingle. And it's fun most of the time. Like we're kind of we're back. And then, of course, some people don't know how to act and kind of semi-ruin it for the rest of us. But overall, we're having a good time. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a bigger marketing budget for a movie than the Barbie movie. I'm like, what else? Every day, it's like some... The reviews are fire. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what... Oh, my God. I I was just about to say we should go together. And then I'm like, we don't live in the same city, but... (laughs) I just forgot, but we will, well, we will be in Boston together, actually. Funny, funny that I should bring that up because we will be in the same city for our live show and then maybe we can tack on a little, a little matinee, little, who knows, we could go see, when is, when is it coming out? July 21st. So. And, okay. And our, 
And as everyone knows, our live show is July 26th. So it'll be out by then. So you can go to it and then come to our live show. Yeah. And I think that's a great note to wrap it up on. Meredith, I'll put all the links in the show notes, but tell everyone where they can find you. For You can find me on TikTok and Instagram, yelling into the void at Meredith M. Lynch. Thank you so much. And Thank I'll you for see you. Me. I'll see you in Boston. See you on the 26th. Well, we'll see each other sooner than that. Just in, you know, the, the group chat's going to blow up. Can you believe the first time they're going to see each other when they're in Boston is at the live show? Imagine if we had people caring yeah. that much. Yeah. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.